Welcome to the Hatha Yoga Podcast. My name is Laura Lang. I'm a yoga teacher and corporate lawyer. Okay, so if you've been in my world for a while, you'll know that I just launched my first online yoga program, Wind Down. Wind Down is a short and sweet seven-day yoga program that you can do from the comfort of your own home while I guide you through a 30-minute yoga practice for the evening when you come home from work or school or just feel exhausted after a long day. Many people have asked me if this program includes video because I teach yoga without video here on the podcast. And let me just answer that up front. Yes, Wind Down is the full experience with video and audio. And not only do we practice yoga postures on the mat, we also meditate, we breathe, we journal, and we relax. And all of that in 30 minutes. I'm biased, I know, but honestly, I wish this program existed a few years ago when I came home drained from an exhausting day in the office. Anyway, I've been getting a lot of DMs about Wind Down, so I decided to do this special podcast episode for you on the three mistakes you're making when it comes to balancing the busy career life and taking care of yourself. And let me be real with you here. I'm not going to sit here and point out all your mistakes and pretend like I'm this holy person with all the answers. The reason why I can actually talk about this is because I make all these mistakes as well. Over and over again. So if you're sitting out there listening and feeling a little bit hit by what I'm saying today, just know that you're not alone. We're all doing it. But as all great yoga teachers before me have reminded me, Everything starts with awareness, so if we can start to get more conscious of these mistakes and notice every time we make them, then slowly, patiently, and with time, we can catch ourselves before we fall into them, and in the end, we can all take better care of ourselves and each other. Okay, so as I said, today is going to be all about the biggest mistakes I see everyone making when it comes to balancing the busy career life and taking care of yourself. If you're listening to this, you're most likely a little bit of a perfectionist and also a little bit of an insecure high achiever or overachiever. You like to do things right. You were probably one of the good girls in school, or boys. (laughs) Um, You've performed well your entire life. You're used to putting in a lot of effort to achieve your goals and you've done it all already. Why don't we actually just take a moment right now and look back? Take a moment to just scan through your last week and think about everything you've done and everything you've achieved. And I'm not talking about big things like, I graduated, I passed an exam, or I got a promotion, or a bonus. Like, honestly, if you did any of that, good job. But I want you to think about your achievements a little bit bigger and wider. Like, did you drink two liters of water every day? Did you go to bed and get enough sleep? Did you take a break from your desk to stretch and get some fresh air? Or did you maybe tell a colleague to go and mind their own business? (laughs) Like what comes to mind when you think about this? Just take a little break to scan through what happened last week. It's not so weird to get caught up in everything you have ahead of you instead of thinking about and applauding yourself for everything you already did. And I think it's the same issue, honestly, when it comes to balancing your work life and your personal life. 
I see you out there. I see you doing all the things. Like you wear the perfect outfit. You have the latest trend. Your Instagram grid looks amazing. You have the right friends and your resume is building up and it looks pretty damn straight. And while you're doing all these things, you're probably wondering like, how can I keep going? Like it, it might look amazing from the outside, but on the inside, there's a lot of pain. There's a lot of stress. There's a lot of anxiety. There are so many things that we all want to do. We don't know what to choose, so we end up doing none of it, or we end up doing all of it. <laughs> and no matter what, most of us end up in the cycle of, ah, when am I going to get a moment to just like breathe and chill out? So that's what we're going to touch on today. And I am super excited about this because this is something I work on daily. Like last week, I held a free workshop on how to climb the corporate ladder without burning out. And when I asked the people why they were there, the most common answer was also, I just want to find a better balance and master it all. So after this episode, it's my goal that you will leave knowing exactly what mistakes you need to avoid and how you can work around them with practical tools that are right at your fingertips. Okay, but for now, let's jump right into today's topic of finding that sweet balance between your work life and your personal life. And if you listen to episode number 37 from a couple of weeks ago, you'll know the structure here because we're going to go through today's topic in a similar way. Like if you didn't notice already, we're not going to practice yoga on our mats today. We're going to talk and that's fine. So firstly, I'm going to point out these three big mistakes that I see a lot of people making, myself included. Don't forget that. And at the same time, I'm going to offer some tips and give you some examples from my own life around how I work around these mistakes and how you could do something similar. So let's dive right in, friends. Okay, first mistake. We've already touched briefly on it. Um, and I've given it the overarching title, Perfection. You're the kind of person that wants to do everything right and everything perfect. Is that true? So, of course, it's not that weird that when it comes to finding that sweet balance between the perfect career and the perfect personal life, you also want that balance to be perfect. I know, I know. And why do I know? Because I totally did this myself. Do you know how many times people come to me and they say, Laura, I've been really wanting to try yoga, but the thing is, I'm just not flexible and I can't touch my toes. So they conclude then and there that yoga will not be for them and just accept that they will go on with their lives and live in a constant state of stress and anxiety because they can't touch the toes. Can you see how making this kind of statement already suggests that you'd like to be perfect at yoga before you even started the practice. So I'd like to offer you a different perspective on this. Think about it this way. Did you know how to write a contract or some other corporate memo for work before you began studying? Probably not. Did you know how to behave during a negotiation or a difficult presentation or meeting before you started studying or even before you started working? Probably not. Did you get sweaty palms thinking about what would happen if you were asked a question during a meeting that you don't really know the answer to? Probably yes. And why is that? It's because we're putting so much pressure on ourselves. Your entire life, you've been expecting yourself to know it all before you even learned how to do it. So next time you're offered a new challenge, like trying a new yoga class or a new yoga posture, or maybe getting a new challenge at work or in school, why don't you approach it with this mindset instead? 
that's new. I've never tried that before, so I'm going to do my best and I'll see how I go. I might not get it right the first time, but I'll learn a lot through the process and next time it'll most likely be easier. It's the same thing with creating a balance between your career and your personal life. I can sit here and give you all sorts of tips from my own life, but if they don't work for you or if you don't want to do the same thing as I do, that's fine. Like you can do something different. Do it. Experiment with it. Test a few things out. Allow yourself allow yourself to fail and to pivot. Change. Adapt. Keep an open mind. Just because it was right for you to go to a specific fitness class or eat according to one type of diet for a few months, maybe that's not right for you today. It might not be the right thing for you forever. So allow yourself to make these changes and to adapt your lifestyle to what feels good and what feels right for you in this phase of your life. Let's move on to the next mistake. And it's very related to what we were just talking about. I've given it the title, the overachiever mantra. Because again, as I said, if you're listening to this, you're likely an insecure overachiever just like me, or at least you're recovering from it just like me. And if you don't really know what I'm talking about, let me start by giving you a definition. Okay, so success is something that everyone strives for. But is it ever possible to work too hard to reach your goals? If you're an overachiever, you're this kind of person who will do great things, but still need to accomplish more. Even though you attain more success, the vast majority of these overachievers are never really satisfied and we always strive to accomplish more. So I'm not going to sit here and say that, okay, if you're an overachiever, then you're a big failure and you're a big mistake because I simply don't believe that to be true. I've achieved many great things in my life because of my discipline and because of my passion, but it also came at a certain cost. But I think we all have something in common, those of us that attach value to all the goals that we achieve and then we have a hard time feeling fulfilled afterwards. We all have one thing in common. Most of us operate from this perspective of, okay, I ticked off all my to-dos today and I did everything and it's only 2 p.m. in the afternoon. Wait, great. Okay, so what else can I do today? Like you're already ready to fill up your list with more things. I mean, this is like a constant conversation I have with myself in my mind every day. I can always squeeze one more thing in. But here's the thing. It doesn't always serve us to do this, even though you might get some pleasure from that feeling of getting a lot of things done. So whether you've ticked off all your to-dos or you're behind on emails and tasks, um, instead of asking yourself the question, what else can I do today? What would happen if you started asking yourself, What can I do less of today? It might sound so easy to just, okay, I'll just ask myself a new question, but let me tell you this. It's not, okay? And if this is something you're struggling with, I get it. So let me give you an example from my my own life. So part of my legal job is to help people with their contracts, basically from the beginning when they come to me and they say, Hey, Laura, we found the supplier. We'd like to work with them. They send us a proposal and we're trying to figure out how we can formalize our collaboration. 
And it goes all the way to me taking the meetings, drafting the contract, negotiating the legal clauses and the prices with the supplier, and then finally sending the contract out for signatures. Usually, when we make it to the signature phase, all the hard work is done. I guess if I worked in a bigger team or for a big law firm, I would even have a secretary, a secretary or an assistant helping me with the signature phase. But anyway, that's not the point. The point is that to me, sending a contract out for signature, it's an administrative task and it takes me like 15 minutes. It's pretty easy for me. I just need to click the right buttons and ship it off. And so last week I had a colleague asking me to prepare a contract for signature as it happens all the time. And I had 30 minutes left of my workday. Now old Laura would have said, okay, let me quickly push everything to the side, squeeze everything together and then get this contract in and send it out before I'm off today. But the whole day I'd been feeling like kind of dizzy. I wasn't feeling well. And it was just clear to me that my body just needed a break. So if I'd been operating from the mindset of, okay, what else can I do today? I would have sent that contract out within my last 30 minutes of work. But instead I said to myself, Laura, no, this is not urgent. It can be dealt with tomorrow morning. So what can I do less of? I'll push one task to tomorrow and then I'll take a nap instead. And do you want to know what happened? Nothing. I sent the contract out the next day. Everyone signed. Everyone was happy. You have more power in your mind than you know, and you just have to start asking yourself these questions. Okay, we're almost there. Before we finish, let's touch on mistake number three. Tracking everything. Tracking your sleep, tracking your calories, tracking your steps, tracking your screen time, tracking your water intake, tracking how many meditations you did in a week, and if you got a strike on how many meditations you did. Oh my god, it has got to stop, my friends. Let me start by saying that I don't have an issue with it. Like, I think it's great that we can get a lot of positive things and benefits from, from tracking in general. And I know that many people are motivated by the competition that they can have with themselves around these numbers and statistics. But if this is you, and if you are tracking a lot of health metrics around your life, then please start paying attention to the monologue you have with yourself inside your head. While the idea of tracking your health is great, sometimes it also sucks the joy out of it. I have seen people numerous times in my yoga classes that start their Apple Watch when the class begins so it can count calories or whatever it's doing. I don't know. I don't have one because I know I'll go crazy. And then they lie down in Shavasana, the final relaxation pose at the end of the class. Maybe they lie there for two, three minutes, calming down until suddenly they have a thought. Oh my god, I forgot to stop my watch. So they interrupt the relaxation to deal with whatever technicalities are going on on that watch. Again, I'm not saying you shouldn't track your health. All I'm saying is, please pay attention to what it's doing to you. Are you obsessing about getting to a certain number every day or closing some rings? Are you overstepping your own boundaries to get a certain number on your tracking statistics instead of tuning into your body and doing what it asks you to do? Let me give you another example. Now, 
even though I don't trek, I usually like to go for a long walk every day because I know it's good to get some steps in. So this past weekend, I've been teaching yoga classes both days, both Saturday and Sunday morning. And I had a full schedule Saturday after teaching and I've had some busy weeks because I've been working on launching Wind Down. So when I came home from teaching my Sunday morning yoga class, I had all sorts of plans to clean up and go for a long walk. But as I came home, I just needed to lie on the couch for a quick break. And my boyfriend gave me a blanket and said he'd wake me up from my nap like after half an hour. But he didn't. And I didn't have an alarm, so I woke up two hours later. And my first reaction was like, honey, why didn't you wake me up? I wanted to do all these things. And because he's a great mirror and he's following along on my Instagram and all the advice I give there, he throws this advice straight back into my face and he said, you looked so calm and so peaceful sleeping there. I couldn't wake you up. You didn't look like someone who needed to go for a walk. You look like someone who needed to sleep. Remember what you quizzed us about in your stories yesterday? Yoga is to listen to what your body needs and not burn a certain amount of calories, she said with a cheeky smile. Okay, thank you. <laughs> so guess what? I didn't get out of the house for the rest of the day. I certainly didn't make it to 10,000 steps on my health app. And you know what? It doesn't matter. Because the body knows what it needs. And yesterday, I needed a nap more than a walk. But the statistics, they don't know about that. So just keep that in mind next time your devices are pushing you. Is it the good and healthy type of competition you have with yourself? Or is it because you're obsessing about some, some numbers that don't really matter in the long run? I've already touched on it, but paying attention to these mistakes have been a game changer for me. Someone recently asked me how I balance being a lawyer, a yoga teacher, and running this online community. And I had to stop and think for a moment. And then this answer came to me. I let go of perfection. Sometimes there might be a typo in an email or a caption on Instagram. Maybe the audio quality of my podcast is not as good as it could be. And maybe I could send out that contract for signature at work a little bit faster. But in the long run, I just can't keep up with it. I've lowered my expectations to myself on all parameters. I do the best I can and I know that that is enough. I specifically stopped looking at my phone to see how many steps I walk every day. Because it took the joy out of walking and out of running and I started asking myself... What can I do less of today instead of always running for the next task? Remember this, we're in it for the long run, my friends. It's about longevity, not stupidity, as one of my favorite teachers often reminds me. Okay, we've made it to the end. I truly hope that you got something valuable from this episode and that you don't feel too attacked. If you're feeling a little stirred up after this episode, that is all right. I invite you to get curious and to explore where it's coming from. Did I say something in this episode that triggered you? And can you direct your attention and maybe even if there's a little bit of anger or some other frustrated feeling, can you direct that feeling towards the situation or your behavior instead of me or yourself? Can you allow yourself to not identify with feeling triggered? 
Now, before you go, let me just remind you of this. My brand new online yoga program, Wind Down, has just opened to the public and you are invited to join. Wind Down is a seven-day yoga program that incorporates meditation, journaling, movement, breath work, and guided relaxation, all in less than 30 minutes per class. It's all about, as you might have guessed from the name, winding down after a crazy day. And here is the best part. If you sign up within the next two days, so before Wednesday at midnight Danish time, so that will be March 22nd, you will, of course, get access to Wind Down. But on top of that, you will also get access to a private community of like-minded people who are in the same situation as you, and you will get direct support from me whenever you need it. This community is super exclusive, and it lives and breathes on WhatsApp. After Wednesday, I'm going to close this group and work with the people who signed up in time. They will get to know each other, they will learn from each other's experiences, and at the same time, they will get support from me on a weekly basis, they will have direct access to ask all their questions, and they will get that last boost of motivation to practice on the days when it just seems impossible to get to the men. I've been a part of these kind of groups myself many times, and trust me, When I say you can create great friendships in these groups, remember what you put in reflects what you get out of it. I would love to have you inside this group with the other amazing women who have already said yes to themselves. So if you're in, go click the link to wind down in the episode description and it will take you straight to the sign up page. Just a few clicks and you will be part of the group. I can't wait to see you there and I will be over here looking out for you. Now have a beautiful rest of your day or night wherever you are in the world. Much love from me here in Denmark.